mentoring advice from a world-class mentor. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Wendy Lee, entrepreneur, mentor, board member at the Louisville Entrepreneurship Acceleration Partnership, and mentor at Techstars. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you. So give us a brief summary of your background, especially as it relates to mentoring. So as it relates to mentoring, in my early days, um, I had the good fortune to work with sales, marketing, and channel people inside the largest tech companies in the world. So IBM, Cisco, HP, Oracle, SAP, you you got the the domain, the, the sector. But what I was providing them was a methodology for being more effective in marketing, for being more effective in sales, for being more effective in alliance management. Anything go to market, business to business. So imagine that domain. In that domain, our company on target was providing methodologies to improve their game, right? To improve the game of those individuals and their teams and their companies. A natural part of that methodology, by the way, that was delivered through tools, right? And through technology and some on-site discussion or on video discussion, a natural part was teaching them how to coach each other. Imagine that, because when you're installing a methodology, a language and a process of skills and knowledge and process, when you're installing that, you're not gonna be with them every day. So you have to make sure that the behaviors they're onboarding are specific enough for others to observe. Now, that's a bit long-winded, but that is how I first was triggered about the power of mentoring. And at the time, this was a long time ago, I called it coaching, but mentoring is very specific. And, and it is that you're, it's, it's higher level than coaching in many ways, because when you're coaching, you're observing something and you're giving someone feedback on it, what to keep, what to change. When you're mentoring, you're really listening to the story of the entrepreneur, and you're trying to hear specifically the things they need help with, problems they need to solve or opportunities they need to pursue. And so you have to listen deeply to their story, the specifics of their story and the specifics of what's holding them back or what sometimes is accelerating them too quickly and kind of freaking them out. But you can't be a good mentor if you're not a deep listener. And if you don't truly care about the individual you're sitting across the table with, it's not a commercial activity. It is an activity from the spirit of having done that kind of work before. And now you want to give back to them something that they may not be able to find soon enough for themselves. And that you're mentoring not because you've been told to or you've been asked to, it's because you know that's part of your own growth as an entrepreneur. You teach best what you most need to learn always, always. So I think my history in sales effectiveness 
and go to market effectiveness, the coaching that I taught in those programs for a long time, a long, long time around the world to very, very uh, high ego, high intellect salespeople and, and channel people and marketing people. It was easy for me then to come to this phase in my life and in the spirit of what I do now and not just observe and give feedback, but to really listen in a different way, right? Listen emotionally and intellectually and then apply that against my own experience and then try to help them solve their problem. But the point is you're trying to help them find the answer, not give them the answer. And through that, a relationship is built that's like no other. So at this stage, I make sure at least 25% of my time, and I have this to give. I gave this amount of time when I was doing my full-time job in Cincinnati, but it's like tithing, right? Like in the old days of tithing, I feel responsible and accountable to make sure I'm giving back 20, 25% of my time. And I get in return a lot more than that. I learn new things. I, I built relationships I never thought I would have. I'm exposed to ideas and perspectives, not just new things that really open me up and, and cause me to be assertive with my own uh, purpose and my own knowledge and my own skills. So it's quite, it's quite an exchange that it's not like, okay, let's speed date. It's bigger than that. It is truly giving without expectation of anything in return, at least not at that same time. That is the ethos of Techstars. And I learned, I've learned so much about the value of mentoring through my on the ground work with Techstars. What should mentors and mentees know about each other to ensure that they actually have the right match? Okay, good question. This comes up a lot. So, and I'm going to say this at four o'clock in my presentation to the, the cohort I'm about to talk to. So here's the thing. To be a good mentee or to be a good mentor, you really have to have high self-awareness, meaning uh, your, your gifts, your talents, your skills, your knowledge, what you need, right? Your strengths. I mean, if you don't, if you're not grounded in that, you're gonna have a hard time asking, you're gonna have a hard time being vulnerable, asking for help, being vulnerable, and you're certainly gonna have a hard time hearing and taking any action. So I think all of us on the planet need to have a stronger level of self-awareness, right? And that's not just an easy strength finders test, right? That's, it's bigger than that, although I love those. I think it's bigger than that. Um, so if you, so that's uh, ground one. Ground two, the mentee has to be aware that we're not going to solve, a mentor is not going to solve their problem. All we're going to do is open up the pathways to look at it differently. So if you want a direct answer to the problem, you should Google it <laughs> and use your judgment to figure out the best response in Google. If you want help, thinking through the problem or the opportunity with someone that maybe has been through that before, that's a good mentee-mentor relationship. Are there any 
stigmas or is there any stigma at all associated with accepting mentorship? Well, one for me is that sometimes I get my knickers in a twist a little bit. You know, you get, you know, I don't know how to say it except using that metaphor because I disallow um, boundaries sometimes. So there is one st stigma that is, oh my gosh, you know, now I'm a mentor and now I have to be overly responsive and my whole life is around that request. And I fall into that category sometimes. You know, I'm the oldest in my family and I'm always obligated and responsible for them and everything else. And so I get a little twisted about that sometimes. I don't balance it well, you know, because they're not paying me to do that. I don't expect them to pay me. I'm doing it because I want to help. And so when I go in a position like I'm going to go in at four o'clock and offer some ideas about certain domains of entrepreneurship, I got to realize they're going to ask, people are going to call me back. And so I have to be responsible for that and responsive to that, but I have to all balance that out with the rest of my life. So I think the stigma is how, how do you respond, how quickly you respond, the follow-up and follow-through, what do you tell them you expect after they've met the people you've introduced them to, whatever, all that that entanglement around the outside of mentoring needs to be thought through and discussed so people aren't disappointed. This is all about meeting or exceeding expectations of two like-minded folk. These are like-minded people, both entrepreneurs who both want to help each other. And so you have to decide how much of that needs to be agreed or discussed, or do you just want it to be casual and free flowing, which may be perfect. So I had a lot to learn about that. I think there is a stigma around how effective to be at it and how to organize it and set expectations with other entrepreneurs around it. I've learned a lot from Brad and David Cohen around this, observing them. They are excellent at it. And that's helped me adapt and adjust my approach to it so I don't feel too much responsibility for it all, if that makes sense. Brad, you're referring to Brad, just to make sure people know, Brad being Brad Feld with Techstars and yes, David so Cohen, for sure. Yeah, he's a co-founder of Techstars, <laughs> yeah. and the managing director of Foundry. And just a, a great human. Yeah, human. Awesome. <laughs> As yeah. we discussed. A great teacher without teaching. For, for he's sure. very subtle in his teaching, right? So let's talk about teaching, and, and, and even go a little further with relationships. To be effective, are there any differences in style or content to observe when it comes to men and women mentoring each other? Um, well, I think there's a difference in style and gender and age and ethnicity. I think style is just unique, right? I mean, style is something that I don't think shifts that much, frankly. Now, this is just my humble opinion. Um, I think style is unique to that individual and I'm from the South. So I've got a certain, you know, thing around being a Southern woman. I'm a certain age. So I have a certain thing around that. So I think style is just style. Right. And I don't, I would, I prefer, I'm not always great at this. To, I don't want to conflate style with content, observation, perspective. So if, when I'm having my best day, right? I'm able to abstract 
an individual style? Are they happy and you know, la la la, or are they kind of straightforward and stoic from what they're saying? It's the what they're saying that I need to lock into. And, and it's the perspective they have with the specifics of the what, meaning their experience. So if they have decades of experience doing certain things that I need help with, immediate respect, which is very different from their style. And they could be bombastic or they could be reserved. I need not get tangled up in blue in that. I need to focus on experience and expertise and where that comes from and glean from the content of their communication to me, that which I need. And if I'm a mentee, I want to close off every interaction with what I heard them say. This is not done often enough. There's a bunch of assumptions. You get a coffee, the style is happening no matter what, the content's flowing, the communication's flowing, and then sometimes, now we have to go. I think on my best day when I'm mentored, I take time to say, gosh, a lot got exchanged in an hour, very grateful for every bit of it. I need to let it sink in, but here are the three things or two things that I heard. Just to make sure your mentor grokks that, grokks the appreciation of it, and grokks the specificity of it, and they have a chance to edit, right? If indeed that's not what they meant to say. So to me, there's no, my best time is when I am helping others, being a mentor, and when I've been vulnerable, vulnerable enough to ask for help from others and sit in the spot of a mentee. Both of those are what growth is all about, and our only job as professionals is to grow. Sounds good. Wendy Lee, entrepreneur, mentor, board member at the Louisville Entrepreneurship Acceleration Partnership and mentor at Techstars. Thanks again for all of your advice and so much. Uh, if somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to find out more about mentorship. How can they do that? Sure. Uh, email's best, although I'm open on all channels all the time, as you've noticed. It's wendy at wendylee.com. And uh, I would be happy to take any questions you have about mentorship. Sounds good. Thanks again. Okay. And if you guys want to find more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.